those of you joining us from our modern sanctuary or joining us online, listening to our podcast, we are in this series called In Plain Sight, in which we're looking for God in everyday life, that God exists in plain sight if we know how to look and where to look for God. And so that's our goal is to find out where God is lurking in plain sight. Uh, each week we've kind of focused on one object that Jesus would have encountered on his way to Jerusalem to die on the cross. And we've talked about those everyday objects, about how they might remind us of our relationship to God. So I want to ask you to do something. It might sound a little funny today, but I want you to look at your shoes. Look at the shoes that you're wearing today. Uh, and ask yourself the question, why am I wearing this particular pair of shoes today? Did I choose these because they're comfortable and I don't care what they look like? Or did I choose these because they're very fashionable and I don't mind that they're pinching the heck out of my toes right now? Why are you wearing the shoes that you're wearing today? Right? Shoes uh, say a lot about a person. What do, what do your shoes say about you today? I'm wearing my brown dress shoes because I had to dress up because I like dressing up for traditional worship. And so these shoes match. And my wife wouldn't let me out of the house if I didn't have matching shoes to a, a suit. Right? So why are you wearing the shoes that you're wearing today. We're going to talk about shoes. Shoes say a lot about a person. You can look at your shoes and probably identify some things about that person. And sometimes those judgments might be true. Sometimes they might be harsh and false. But uh, when my kids were little, I used to love picking out shoes with them. Here's a pair of shoes that my son Nathan had. Uh, I love picking out little Batman shoes, things like that. And they had lights and they light up and all that kind of stuff. And so now for my, my kids, shoes are more of a fashion statement. This uh, next slide for Nathan's current pair of shoes. Those are Nike shoes. Uh, Kevin Durant basketball shoes actually uh, he wears those to school but now the goal is with these shoes you can't get them dirty uh, in fact the goal is not to even get a crease in the shoe right so Nathan's walking around school like this right hey check out my cool shoes right so like it's a fashion statement right shoes are functional Shoes are fashionable. Shoes are big business, especially in America. And so uh, why are you wearing the shoes that you're wearing today? What do they say about you? Today, we're going to also be thinking about what do shoes teach us about God? I know that sounds really silly, and I'm not trying to sell you anything, but what do our shoes teach us about God? Because we're going to go through some Scripture passages today, and we're going to notice that there's a lot of Scripture passages that talk about shoes that you might have read and probably not even seen that in the passages about shoes. So let's think about that today. I want to start off in the Old Testament uh, in the book of Exodus. Uh, this is, you might have heard of Moses in the burning bush. Everybody, anybody ever heard of that story, right? So Moses is going to hear from God from a bush that's on fire, but the bush doesn't like dis disintegrate. God uses this as a way to talk to Moses. Now let's see what God teaches us about shoes in this passage. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames from fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush saying, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. So God speaking directly to Moses in this supernatural way with this bush that's burning but not burning up. And, and God says to Moses, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. Now, why would people take off their shoes because they're standing on holy ground? In the ancient Near East, to take off your shoes was a sign of reverence. 
right? People wore sandals, they walked in dirt and dust, and so that would be kind of a messy thing to come into someone's home, right? So it was a sign of reverence to take off your shoes. So God said, Moses, this is holy ground, take off your shoes. You know, even today, we sometimes still honor that, and I've been in homes before where people ask, you know, would you please take off your shoes? We don't want to get germs on the carpet, we don't get germs on the hardwood. Um, We used to do that in our house, we try to do that in our house, but now with boys, it's just almost impossible, but... You know, when I have someone coming to my house, uh, a vendor to, you know, work on my HVAC unit or to, to deal with something that's broken, they're very uh, cautious and, and uh, kind, and they wear these little blue booties that they put over. Y'all ever seen that, right? So even today, taking off shoes is a sign of reverence. I know a pastor who every time that she preaches, she takes off her shoes, she takes off her socks, and she preaches barefoot. And she says, I'm preaching on holy ground. I'm not going to expose you to that today uh, with my smelly size tents, but I think it's pretty cool that that's what she chose to do. And so um, in, in your life today, let me just invite you to think about what holy ground might you encounter this week? Obviously, we're at church today, and we, we consider this holy ground. But, but I think that you also are going to encounter holy ground this week. I think you're going to find holy ground in the classroom. You're going to find holy ground in the boardroom. You're going to find holy ground in the emergency room. Right? Wherever the feet of those who follow Jesus go is holy ground. And so as you're walking around in your life this week... I want you to be on the lookout for what holy ground is God placing at my feet and how will I honor God? How will I honor God? Not literally to take off your shoes, but to see your shoes as a reminder. How might I honor God today? Interesting way to think about our shoes and how it might point us to honoring God and being reverent in the way that we go about our lives. Well, let's keep going in Scripture and see what else the Bible teaches us about shoes Uh, This is in the New Testament where Jesus is with his 12 disciples uh, and doing miracles and teachings and all that good stuff. Mark chapter 6. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village and calling the 12 to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals but not an extra shirt. So Jesus is sending his disciples out to do ministry. And Jesus says, I need you to go out. This is important. This is urgent. Don't take anything with you. No bag, no food, no money, anything like that. But what does he say to take? Take a good pair of shoes, right? You're going to be walking. Take a good pair of sandals. Again, probably sandals. They could get them on and off. They could wash their feet pretty quickly, right? So Jesus sends them out, right? If you, have you ever had a child uh, or a grandchild or maybe a child in your class go on a field trip? Right, especially an overnight field trip. What's good about that is most schools send a packing list because parents and children agonize over what should I take, what shouldn't I take. And so these teachers have it down to a science. And so I welcome that. But every time that I've had uh, a packing list for my kids to go on a field trip, it's like uh, this long, right? Just it's a long list. You ever been on a mission trip anywhere in America? Ever been out of seas, right? Same thing. People give you kind of a, a packing list of what to take, and that's helpful, Right, but Jesus is saying today to his disciples in his context, he's like, don't worry about all that stuff. Just take what you need. Take a good pair of shoes, right, and leave a lot of stuff behind. When you think about your ministry for Christ in your own personal life, doing the work of Christ, what do you need to be equipped to do that? And what do you need to, be, to, to leave behind? 
A lot of times I think we, we don't think that we're ready to go and serve God. We need all this stuff first. But Jesus is saying, no, you just need a willing spirit, a pair of shoes, and get out there and go, right? What do you need to be equipped to serve God? And what do you need to leave behind? I remember when went on a um, mission trip to Haiti recently, uh, a few years ago in, in the life of our congregation. I knew that we we're going to be hiking in, in, the, in the mountains of Haiti. And so I took my hiking boots, which I was glad that I had, and we went through all these rocks and streams and rivers and mountains and stuff. Uh, but Pastor Actionell, who was the, the lead pastor down in Haiti, who is still the lead pastor down there, when I've got all my fancy hiking boots on, you know what he wore? He wore a pair of Crocs, right? Here's a pair of Crocs uh, picture here. Those are my son's uh, pair of Crocs. I couldn't believe that Pastor Actionell was so light in what he was doing. And by the way, that's what you guys were handed out today, right? You have one of these things. These go in clogs. These go in Crocs. Uh, we'll talk about this in just a minute. Um, but light for the journey. And then I've got another picture here as we think about serving God. Uh, that's my son Luke uh, tying his brother's shoe during the COVID pandemic, which if, if you know big brothers, little brothers, that's a rare thing to happen, right? Big brother helping out little brother like that. Jesus is talking to his disciples about going to help people. He says, you don't need a lot. You just need the basics. What do you need to go and serve people in my name? What do you need to be equipped with? Not much. Go out with a willing heart, and you will be ready to serve me. So the next passage of Scripture, I want to give you a little background on it before we actually read the actual verses. You might have heard this story before. Jesus tells a story about, his, uh, about a man who had a son, and his son wanted his inheritance early. He wanted his inheritance before his father died. He went and he asked his father for this request, and, and his father gave, it, gave him the, he granted the request, which is kind of weird. Very graceful kind of answer. The son went out and he blew all the money on wild living, right? Doing all the rock and roll party things, women, wine, women song, all that kind of stuff. Uh, then he was broke. And he was, he was sad and he was at the bottom. He didn't know what to do. And he's like, well, you know, at least the people that work for my father work on his, you know, farm, on his ranch. At least they have something to eat. I know that I can't be a son to my father anymore, but if I go home, maybe he'll treat me like one of, the, one of the workers and give me a job, and at least I can get something to eat. And so the father sees the son coming, uh, and this is the father's response to him. Uh, this is uh, from the gospel. Can we jump into that scripture? Luke 15. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Let's just leave that up there for just one second. right? So the son comes home. He thinks, I'm not going to be welcome. Uh, my father's not going to want to see me. Maybe he'll give me a job, take pity on me. The father sees his son coming, and he's so ecstatic that his son is home. He thought he was lost. He thought he was dead. Now he's alive. Right? The father welcomes the son home. Right? The lost son is found. And this is, this is symbolic of, of those of us who are far from God, and we come back to God. God welcomes us home. He extends the grace, right? And, and he doesn't just welcome him home. He gives him, he gives him presents. What does he give him? He gives him the best robe to wear. He gives him a ring on his finger. And what does he give him? Sandals on his feet, right? He gives him new shoes. As many times as I've read this passage of Scripture, I usually skip right over that. Do you ever do that, right? They killed the fatted calf. They brought the ring out. They brought the signet. And he also gave him new shoes, 
Right? I love this passage of Scripture uh, because it teaches us that with grace, God's unmerited favor, God gives us things that we don't deserve. It's never, grace is never, oh, I'll, just, I'll give them just enough. It's always more. It's always overflowing. God's grace to us is so generous. It's like God gives us new shoes. You ever had new shoes and the joy that, that that feels? Look at this picture of my son Nathan when he was little and he got a, a new pair of shoes, right? Those are Paw Patrol shoes. He's so happy to get these shoes that match the cartoon that he watched on television. I was so happy when I found this pair of shoes for me recently. You guys probably see me wearing these. If you go to the next slide, right? These Nike shoes, right? That's the shoes that I wore when I was a kid, right? It wasn't all this fancy stuff. It was one little swoosh, right? So I've been looking for those shoes for 20 years and they finally started making them again right the feeling that we have when we receive new shoes right God gives us more than we deserve God gives us more than we deserve. the father said my son is home he was once dead now he's alive again I'm going to get him a new pair of shoes When we work in men's shelters and women's shelters, do you know what the the people who are homeless and don't have anything, do you know what they get the most excited about? New underwear, new socks, new shoes, new shoes. Have you ever felt valued by God because God gives you more than you deserve? That's what this passage talks about. How can we give someone else that feeling in the name of Jesus? Someone in our life who needs grace in your life, unmerited favor, not just giving them enough, but overflowing that they feel valued by God. One thing when uh, the kids were growing up that I really loved about my kids is when they were little and they wear daddy's big shoes. You ever done that? Like dad or mom or grandma, grandpa. Uh, I've got a picture here of Nathan uh, when he's little wearing my flip-flops. Uh, those are my Green Lantern flip-flops, and you can see his little feet in those big shoes. Uh, the next picture is when Luke was young, and uh, he rocked out my Chuck Taylor shoes, right? Those are awesome Converse shoes, uh, old-school kind of shoes, that kind of thing. Love the idea of walking in someone's footsteps, right? Uh, this next slide is a picture of, uh, of, that's my son Luke's shoe, size 14, and uh, we're at Duke University in the basketball stadium, and he's comparing his foot to all the Duke basketball stars to see how big his is. He's next to Paolo Bancaro, uh, who is a rookie in the NBA for the Orlando Magic. He's probably going to be rookie of the year. Luke and Paolo have the same size shoe. <laughs> right? uh, there's an there's a old song by Prince, and he sings a lyric that says, Act your age, not your shoe size. Uh, which usually says, you know, if you're 20, 30, or 40, uh, act your age, not your, you know, 10 or 8 or 12 kind of shoe size. I couldn't do that with Luke. When he was 12, he's wearing a size 14, right? So that song lyric doesn't work, right? But we're talking about walking in someone else's footsteps. That's the goal as followers of Jesus, isn't it? We want to walk in the, in the footsteps of Jesus. We want to be like Jesus, Not to earn our way to God, not to earn our way into heaven, but if we love Jesus, we want to be like Jesus. We want to walk in Jesus' footsteps. What does it look like in your life as a follower of Jesus to walk like Jesus, to be loving like Jesus, to be forgiving like Jesus, to be generous like Jesus? What does it look like to walk in Jesus' footsteps? Uh, We've been talking some recently about Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, whose job was to prepare people for the coming of, of Jesus. Like, it was his cousin... He's like, 
this guy's coming who's awesome. John's whole mission was to point people to Jesus, right? And so as we think about walking in footsteps, here's a different twist on that. Let's look at what John says uh, in in this uh, gospel here, in the gospel of John. John the Baptist says, I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one who you do not know. He is one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Right, John's saying someone's coming who's good, right? I'm doing ministry, this is important, but I'm just getting, I'm just the warm-up, right? I'm I'm the pre-act, right? The the real deal's coming after me. His name is Jesus. He's my cousin, he's the son of God, he's God himself, and I'm not even worthy enough to stoop down and untie his shoes. What I love about John was he had a he had an important calling from God to point people to Jesus. But he also was very humble, right? That could have gone to John's head. I'm the one preparing the way for the Messiah. I am important. But he says, I'm not even worthy enough to untie Jesus' shoes, right? So John had a calling from God that was powerful, and John was humble. What did God put you on the earth to do? You yourself. What's your God-given mission? Are you a doctor? Are you a teacher? Are you a father, a mother, a grandparent? What is your reason for being on the planet to make it a better place? What has God given you the gifts and abilities to do to make this world a better place? And are you doing that for the Lord? And are you able to do that in a way that's humble and you, and you have that sense of humility about you? What are you, why are you here on the earth? What has God given you gifts to do? Like Dr. Katie Ann has gifts, right, to lead us in amazing worship and has the heart of Jesus, a humble heart. What are you here to do and how do you cultivate a humble heart? How do you point people to Jesus? How do you point people to Jesus? Let's keep going. Uh, Some more scripture, looking at uh, some of what the, the church says. Uh, This is in the early church uh, where Jesus has ascended into heaven. The disciples are sharing the gospel. Uh, It's dangerous. Remember, they killed Jesus, and and the the disciple Peter has been put into prison because of his faith in preaching the word of God. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. Put on your shoes, Peter. Put on your shoes, right? And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel said. Peter's in jail. Same people that killed Jesus. Probably could have been killed himself, right? And what does God do? God provides a way out. Right? I love this point. Check this point out. I think this is what this passage of Scripture is saying. God makes a way for the ministry we're called to do on God's behalf. God makes a way for the ministry we're called to do on God's behalf. If God calls you to do something, God's going to give you the ability to do that. Right? As a congregation, sometimes I know that we wrestle with, well, how are we going to be able to pull this ministry off? Or do we have enough money to be able to do that? Or are we going to be able to reach people? Right? Are we able to right, find the right people to, to lead us in that? And, and sometimes it's hard being a follower of Jesus. It's hard being a Christian church. But God always provides for us when he calls us to do something. Where has God given you a way out when it looked like there was no way? Where has God worked in your life to help you accomplish something that God called you to do? You thought, there's no way I can do that. And God said, absolutely, you can do that. Love that, love that. 
Here's another picture I want to share with you. Since my son has size 14 shoes, we have to order a lot of shoes online. You can't just walk into a store and get a 14. And if you do, usually it's an ugly pair of shoes. So we ordered a pair of shoes, uh, and they sent us this, right? Two unmatching pairs of shoes, right? So one 14, one not 14, right? So, so the shoe on the left is the one we ordered. We got one of the two, Okay. Uh, this blew my mother's mind. She's like, how in the world does this happen, right? And so what I think happened was somebody's working in a shoe factory somewhere, and they're just tired or they're fast, just working too fast, and they got the shoes mixed up. We sent them back. We got the right shoes. It all took care of itself, right? Sometimes when we're in a hurry, crazy things happen, right? I want to go into the book of the Bible, right? When the people of Israel have been enslaved by the Egyptians for hundreds of years, God's getting ready to liberate them to get them out, open the Red Sea, get them out, and to go. And right before that happens, God's giving them this new meal to take, the Passover meal. And people who follow God, who are still Jewish today, do this every year. Uh, and it commemorates God rescuing the people of Israel, but doing it very quickly. All right, let's see what this scripture teaches us. Exodus 12, 11. This is how you are to eat it, right? This is the meal, the Passover meal. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, have your shoes ready, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. God's saying, I'm getting ready to break you out of jail. you got to be ready, right? You, you can't be lounging around. Have your shoes on because when I say go, you need to go, right? Get ready to go, right? When people are fleeing horrific circumstances, they need to be ready to go. When people are fleeing horrific circumstances, they need to be ready to go. There's an artist who's done um, a, a, a photographic kind of uh, montage of immigrants from Mexico who come into the United States. And he's taken, it's called the American Dream, and he's taken pictures of what they bring with them. And it's precious little. It might be a water bottle. Uh, it might be a child's stuffed animal. Uh, it might be a little blue New Testament Bible in Spanish. Uh, that the folks are carrying across the border. Fleeing horrific circumstances, most all that the people have on their, on, on their bodies are their shoes and the clothes on their back. As you watch television news feeds or internet news feeds and you see people coming across the border into America or fleeing places like the Ukraine or fleeing places in the Middle East or fleeing places in Africa, how do you feel about that? What goes through your mind? If that was your family, what would you want people to do? What would you have? What would you be willing to have? Probably just the shoes on your feet, clothes on your back, trying to provide a better place for your family. I'm grateful for our relationship as a congregation that we have a partnership with Refugee Support Services here in Charlotte. It helps people who are fleeing for their lives, fleeing from horrific circumstances, get settled in our city and find a safe place to be. Right? And most all they have, shoes on their feet, clothes on their back. How do we welcome those who are fleeing horrific circumstances, just like the people of Israel did in Scripture? Right? All right, this is from the New Testament. Um, this is probably what you think about when you're getting ready every morning going to school or work. Not really, okay? <laughs> Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 
have your shoes on that allow you to preach the gospel. Right? In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord. Right? This is the armor of God passage. Again, probably not picturing this when you're getting ready for work, getting ready for school. You're probably just trying to get your teeth brushed and everything. Right? But God says this is symbolically the ways that we can get ready to face a hard day, to face evil in the world. And what part of the shoes? Spreading the gospel of peace, spreading the gospel of, of Jesus, right? What do you need to be equipped to spread the gospel of peace? Uh, got some more pictures. You guys are very patient with all these pictures of shoes in my family. Um, those are the shoes that I wore when I was baptized. Uh, my mom saved those. Uh, next picture are the shoes. Those are the shoes that I wore when I walked for the very first time. Uh, my mom saved those. So I've got these at home. Mom, thank you. I know you're, you're watching. Um, that just, it's really sweet. And she, she didn't know I was going to be a pastor, right? Um, maybe she hoped so because my dad's a pastor. Um, but I guarantee you she probably thought this guy's going to grow up to know Jesus because we're going to raise him in the faith and we're going to raise him in the church. And so it's interesting that my baptism shoes, my shoes that I learned how to walk, kind of evolved into me being a pastor. You don't have to be a pastor right, to have this same symbolism. All of us who follow Jesus are called to have shoes that help us to proclaim the gospel of peace, the gospel of Jesus, right, symbolically. What do you need to be equipped to serve Jesus? What do you need to be equipped to share the good news of Jesus with your words and your actions, right, to be nice to people at work, to be kind to people at school, to be forgiving, to be calm in the midst of political uh, meltdowns, right? What does God need to equip you with? What, what do your own personal spiritual shoes look like to share the gospel of peace? That's a lot about shoes today. I hope we can think about God in these ways. And what's the big idea? What's the takeaway? What's, what's the so what moment today? I, th- I think it's this. God equips us for the mission of the gospel. God equips us for the mission of the gospel. God gives us what we need to share the love of Jesus, whether that's through our words, whether that's through our actions, whether that's through an invitation, whether it's through our attitude, right? God equips us, right, symbolically with shoes to go out and to share the love of God with the world. So if you'll get out your little charm that you got for your Crocs, right, what I'd like you to do is... uh, uh, just keep this. If you have Crocs, you can put it on there. If you don't have them, you can maybe consider a pair. They're very comfortable, cozy, right? Clogs, Ed, and you can start your own little little uh, charm kind of Croc thing. But um, I'm going to show you a, a series of questions that come from today's Scripture, and I want you to pick one or two of these. And I, I want you to remember this question. Whenever you see your little charm, ask yourself this question. Okay, as we think about how God equips us to serve God in the world, right? So here's some questions. Where might I experience holy ground this week? How am I equipped to serve Jesus? What do I need to leave behind? Remember, Jesus said, just take your shoes, leave everything else behind. When have I experienced being valued or loved? Remember the, the son that got the new pair of shoes when he came back to his father, right? Maybe one of those questions is for you. Let's keep going. Next slide. What's my God-given purpose? Why do you exist? Why are you here? How can you make the world a better place? How do I point people to Jesus? How do I point people to Jesus? 
And how is humility cultivated in my life, right? John the Baptist right, had every, every reason to be cocky and full of himself, but he was humble, right? I can't even bend down to untie Jesus' shoe. How do we cultivate humility in our lives? When did God make a way when I thought there was none? How has God gotten you through something difficult? When I hear about people leaving their home and crossing the borders, what is my reaction? Like the people of Israel fleeing from Egypt. And what shoes do I need to proclaim the gospel? Pick one of those. Use this as kind of your memory thing. Stick it in the shoes. Stick it on your shelf. Uh, If there's any left over, grab some for your kids, your grandkids on the way out. Please do that. Uh, We want to be generous with, with these as well. One more set of images. So my son Luke's a basketball player, and, and this is what his shoes look like when we buy them. Um, brand new. He likes Nike right out of the box. A few months later, they start to look like this. Toes coming through the top of the shoe, right? A couple more weeks, it'll start to look like this. That boy will wear out a pair of shoes. And those aren't cheap shoes. And they're not cheaply made shoes. Those those are hard-soled Nike tennis shoes. You know how he does that? He loves basketball so much. He's out in our driveway every waking hour. He gets home from school. He's shooting hoops. He's shooting his shots. He's dribbling. He's out there. He's doing it. He he loves basketball so much that he wears shoes out. Where's my wallet out, right? (laughs) What if we love Jesus that much? And our spiritual shoes for serving him and following Jesus that as much as my son loves basketball, what if we love Jesus that much? What would our spiritual shoes look like? Hey, I'm going to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm going to serve some meals to somebody. Right? I'm, I'm going to be kind to someone at work today. I'm going to reach out to the kid at the lunch table who's unpopular. I'm going to sing in the choir. I'm going to serve in the children's ministry. What if we loved God so much that we wore out our spiritual shoes? God equips us for the mission of the gospel. Wear out those spiritual shoes, not to earn your way into heaven, but to just because you love spending time with Jesus and you want to share the gospel of peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.